Hello and welcome to Treasure Trove, the podcast that talks to you about the uh, hidden gems within the gaming industry. Games that you've probably uh, never heard of or games from famous franchises that you might have just skipped past for one reason or another. Uh, I try to highlight games here that are relatively good, though some of them can be considered bad, um, that have either been skipped over or just aren't really talked about a whole lot anymore. Some of these games date back to the early 90s. Some of these games are as early as this year. Um, this game I'm talking about specifically falls somewhere in the middle. Uh, it is the uh, Devil from the Devil May Cry series, Devil May Cry 3, Dante's Awakening. Um, I felt... Like, I really wanted to talk about Devil May Cry for quite some time, but I'm always conflicted as to what to pick from here. Personally, Devil May Cry 3 is probably the top of the franchise for me, though I will say that Ninja Theory's reboot was pretty spot on with exactly what I appreciate and enjoy from the Devil May Cry franchise. However, it's also kind of a popular game, so I wasn't really sure if where to fit it in, what to talk about, but... The least popular game in the franchise is the second, and it's just not a good game. Not not a good game by a long shot. Uh, and though I don't mind talking about bad games, I don't like talking about games I did not enjoy. Devil May Cry 2 is a game I did not enjoy. Um, but I digress. We will be talking about Dante's Awakening, which is Devil May Cry 3. This is a prequel story, so it's the beginning of Dante's story as far as the games go back. Uh, aside from a few flashbacks, this is about as young as we get to see Dante. Um, this involves him being a much more brash character. He's, uh, as vulgar as they would allow him, though kind of campy, which fits in line with his character. I love that about it. Um, he's also very, uh, uh, crass in how he confronts characters and, uh, takes on situations. It's, which leads to the game having a more active action combat system, more reminiscent of, uh, something along the lines of, uh, God of War, if you will. Um, but anyways... The story of the game, as I said, takes place with Dante at the very beginning, uh, and by very beginning I mean early 20s, at least that's the way he looks. Uh, he has his own little shop he has just opened and is eating pizza when all of a sudden demons attack. Ah, demons attack. Uh, after the attack, he is confronted by a man named Arkham, who is telling him that he knows about his brother, his family, and that if he t- ascends this demonic tower, cue demonic tower rising in this city, uh, in the middle of the city, If he ascends this demonic tower and confronts his brother, Dante will be able to learn about his past. Uh, That is pretty much all you really need to know going into this. Uh, If you know anything about the Devil May Cry series, this will only build on that lore. If you know nothing, this is probably a great place to start because you'll learn a lot about Dante and the universe in and of itself. Um, It's not as... It's about as story heavy as Devil May Cry 1, for those who have played it. Um... So it's got a good bit to it, but really the meat and bones, the reason why you come to play Devil May Cry is for the action-packed combat. Uh, There are various other characters aside from Arkham. Uh, There's Virgil, who's Dante's brother. Lady, who is a demonic demon, or, yeah, demonic demon hunter, who is a demon hunter uh, with a motorcycle and a rocket with a giant knife at the end. A bayonet, I believe is what they call it, that looks like a frickin' combat knife. Um... And a couple of other characters that are not as important. Uh, Dante, again, is more outlandish, more campy, uh, doesn't really take himself seriously, which is a great tone for the game. These games are always thriving at their highest when they're not somber or serious. Uh, And ultimately delves into, again, the origin of Dante, his family, where he gets his demonic powers, how he goes on this beginning journey to becoming a demon hunter. Uh, The gameplay is probably where... 
uh, Devil May Cry 3 shines above the rest. I constantly argue back and forth between the gameplay of 3 and the actual gameplay of the Devil May Cry reboot from Ninja Theory. Both of them are solid contenders. I would argue that the Ninja Theory series is a little bit faster and usually tops it for me, but I sway back and forth. What can I say? I can't really, you know, choose between my children. (laughs) Anyways, gameplay. Frenetic action uh, that Devil May Cry fans have come to know and love. This is the same arcadey action style of God of War, Bayonetta, um, all of those frenetic, arcadey, like beating the hell out of creatures for 100 hit combos type deals. Uh, this falls in line somewhere along with a Ninja Gaiden, the, the 3D re, uh, version of the series, though I find Ninja Gaiden to be more punishing. So, anyways, Dante has uh, combos specific to... So, in the previous Devil May Cries, Dante was given a few different weapons and a few different guns. They all had different combos, but overall, Dante played the same. He learned maybe a double jump ability here. He might learn a different way to use his, you know, up and circle attack uh, with a different sword, and it would still deal... Roughly the same animation, maybe a little bit more damage. In 3, they really dove into giving Dante some very specific weapons that all have very specific purposes. Uh, Sometimes within combat, sometimes within the world for small things. Uh, But overall, just to give the player lots of toys to play with. Uh, to really enjoy and bite down on. So the combo system comes back. You're attacking enemies, trying to juggle. You're being uh, judged on your style. So if you continuously just spam the attack button, your style scores could be very low. Whereas if you switch to guns and then jump in the corner and throw this enemy across the room, the more creative you are, the more style points you get, uh, which is always good because each level you go through, you are graded on your style and how quickly you get through and how much damage you take. So you really want to have as much style as possible. To help you have high style, the game has introduced the ability to swap between weapons. In the game, you can swap between uh, two mapped weapons and then go in the menu and swap it at any point in time, which allows you to go back and forth between, say, Dante's trusty Rebellion Sword and the new Nunchaku Cerberus, which is an ice Nunchaku, which is cool as shit. Uh, This allows you to get creative, swap between heavy and light weapons so that you can butter an enemy up before dealing the heavy blow or launch an enemy in the air, swap to a a light weapon and deal lots of damage up there. Uh, This premise also works with guns, which is great. Uh, And uh, to complement all of these different weapons that you pick up along the way, there are also different fighting styles that Dante can equip. Um, the first one that you come across is the Sword Master, which allows the individual, the, the Dante, to basically pull the best potential abilities out of his uh, weapons. This gives some specific abilities that you wouldn't be able to utilize otherwise, um, adding to your repertoire for combos. I personally found this to be my favorite because I enjoy the melee weapons over every other aspect of these games. Um, Though being faster is nice, having access to all the weapon abilities is much nicer. Uh, Alongside uh, the uh, Swordmasters, there's the Gunslinger, and the Gunslinger allows Dante to use specific abilities with his guns. Uh, again, these are locked behind this class, so if you don't have equipped, you can't use specific abilities like Firecracker, which allows you to use the sawed-off shotgun like Nunchak, <laughs> sorry, Nunchucks or Nunchaku, uh, firing 
bullets everywhere and a hail around Dante to give him some room, some breathing room, knock some enemies back, build a barrier around yourself for a quick couple seconds. Um, there's also the Royal Guard, which allows Dante to go bare-fisted. So this is usually complemented with various weapon abilities, uh, typically throwing a weapon across the room, stabbing an enemy with, say, Rebellion, and then swatching, swipping, blah, 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 swipping, swatching, swapping to uh, a bare-fisted combat style. This is slower, deals more damage, and as you level into the class, you're able to unlock some newer abilities, which includes a shield, which is almost like an energy shield around Dante. Um, this was a very interesting style, but far from my preferred. Again, I think the weapons and adding the different weapons really helped make uh, Dante Democry helps Dante have a specific uh, fluidity to him, which complements his fighting style, complements his personality, and getting rid of those weapons, I, I did not enjoy all that much. Uh, there's also the trickster style, which allows for more acrobatics, gives you the access to the triple, double, triple jumps. Um, so the the beauty of the styles is that it presents different uh, uh, abilities for different uh, play styles. So whoever comes in, however you want to play, there's typically a style that sets with it, along with the group of weapons that you can utilize in that style. Um, the weapons are. Uh, earned by fighting bosses. Usually these bosses are big demons, and when you subdue them, they give you a little bit of their power. Um, this is kind of the first major game that I have seen, or that I can think of, that was this, again, this 3D arcade um, action game that really tried to change up how each weapon felt and how they acted very differently. Uh, for instance, the original sword that Dante Get Rebellion plays extremely different from the Cerberus Nunchaku, which is usually for quicker blows nearby, along with presenting, uh, keeping a little uh, barrier around Dante by lots of twirls, protecting him from being attacked in a not leaving a whole lot of open spaces. Then there's the Beowulf, which are gauntlets and geeves. Those are shoes or boots uh, that he equips, and he's able to utilize those in a very slow but hard-hitting manner. Um, the, the best one, I think, it's the hardest to use. I never could get it, my hands wrapped around it that well, but Nevin, or Nevan, however you want to pronounce it, N-E-V-A-N, which is an electric guitar that he uses that turns into a scythe for different combos. You can summon electric bats with it. It was an incredibly interesting weapon. But that's part of what is so enjoyable is that there is something here for everyone to pick up and play with. Um, and even the more difficult weapon has its own nuances. Uh, I honestly feel like this is the type of weapon selection that inspired games like God of War 3. Because up until that point in the franchise, it had stuck pretty much... Uh, close to using the Blades of Chaos. Yes, there's the hammer from the Barbarian and the Spear of Destiny and all that, but none of them ever lived up to the Blades of Chaos, whereas in 3, every weapon has a unique feel, a unique place, and makes you want to actually experiment and utilize them. Uh, really feel like that was born here from this combat system. Uh, and then, of course, the guns. There's all kinds of cool guns uh, for Dante to come across. Um, again, I was much of a more of a swordmaster than anything else. But the, the beauty of the styles, the weapons, and everything that you unlock is that each set, stage that you have has different collectibles to come across. There are some hidden challenges within stages. So there's 20 different stages throughout the game. Get Unlocking these abilities and coming back so you can reach some of these hidden uh, collectibles is a necessity. You're going to need that double jump through one playthrough. You're going to want to use the Royal Guard so you can take on the challenge room that requires the, the, the Royal Guard. It really added to the replayability as well as the player choice. Uh, fantastic, 
really well done. So uh, this game also introduces the Devil Trigger, which has been seen in previous Devil May Cries, but this is a, a more... Um, how do I want to put this? This is a, a... It is the same power given to the player. You get increased... Uh, attack and defense you get a little bit of health regeneration it, it's a specific boost that helps within combat you charge it by taking damage and by dealing damage but the connection to dante is a little bit more personal and the designs are fucking amazing the the designs of each of the devil triggers were actually designed um by one of the uh, artists at uh, atlas for shin megami tensei or the persona series however his name's further along i'll get to him in a minute because i can't remember off the top of my head but the designs are wonderful and each demonic weapon that dante equips has a different um a different de uh devil trigger to them so when you're swapping on the fly in the middle of combat you're actually swapping between the weapons which is also swapping between the devil trigger it's it's phenomenal. It's really cool. So, very big fan of the designs in this game and how it actually relates to Dante and the weapons he's equipping. It's cool seeing the influence of these demons while he's wielding their power. Again, broken up with 20 chapters, each requiring uh, a different, uh, a comfortable playstyle for your first time, but requiring different playstyles as you go through to collect everything, complete every challenge. Of course, beat the game on various difficulties. Uh, it's it's really cool having all of this available to you after you've beaten the game. This is by far and away one of those games that you don't just play through once. You can. I definitely did the first time. But you're coming back and hitting a room again when you have higher health and uh, different weapons available to you is, is so much fun. Um, the development of this game is a little interesting because of the poor reception of Devil May Cry 2. Uh, Devil May Cry 2 was quite a letdown for fans. It introduced Dante as the silent protagonist who hardly ever talked. There was lots of open spaces and the, the enemies weren't very smart so they'd often stay away from Dante. Uh, your guns were powerful enough to clear off a majority of the enemies without really much effort. So uh, it really strayed away from what made Devil May Cry the original so great. Uh, so due to that poor reception, Capcom decided to focus the development in a similar direction as the original game. So this includes reevaluating areas to make sure that combat feels tighter and forced, um, re-embracing Dante's cockiness and attitude, which they pretty much dropped entirely, and then bringing difficulty back into the game. Uh, I think the biggest letdown for most fans was just how simply simple and easy Devil May Cry 2 is. On a majority of boss fights, you could sit in a corner of a room, maybe move left to right, and just fire his gun. You literally just hold the button to fire guns the entire time. So, And there really wasn't a whole lot of weapons. It, there, there's a lot of problems. We won't get into that right now. But um, according to producer uh, Soyoshi uh, Tanaka, the focus of the game's design was to create a battle system that could allow players to control weapons in a new and stylish ways. Uh, this resulted in a completely redone in-game camera system and also led to the various weapon choices available. Again, I'm not saying that I have evidence, but I'm pretty sure this style of combat influenced uh, God of War 3 and other action games going forward. It very obviously influenced uh, Bayonetta because the creator of my Cry is involved in Bayonetta. It all makes sense. Uh, anyways, so... Uh, the, the drop in difficulty from Devil May Cry 2 stemmed from a desire to make the game more acceptable to uh, uh, people in Japan, but the decision cost the franchise elsewhere. So as a result, Devil May Cry 3 is actually easier in Japan than anywhere else. 
As a matter of fact, Devil May Cry 3 is notorious as being one of the hardest games that was ever released in the 3D franchise action games, um, which is kind of surprising to me. And the fact that the, in fact, the normal mode for the U.S. is actually Japan's hard mode. Um, they did patch, or patches, <laughs> this is when patches didn't exist, kids. Uh, they did remedy this with the collector's edition of the game, which released shortly after, I believe it was two years after the original. Um, but it was still not easy by any stretch of the imagination. Um, the double trigger versions of Dante and Virgil were designed by Kazuma Kaneka, Kanaka, Kaneko, sorry, I am terrible at these Japanese pronunciations, and I practice before I get on here. That's the sad part. Kazuma Kaneko, a designer of Atlas who has also worked on Zone of the Enders, the second runner, the Shin Megami Tensai Nocturne series, and Persona. Uh, as I said before, I love these designs. I'm a big fan of Persona and the Shin Megami Tensai series, so it's not surprising that I love these designs. But what's actually cool is that this little mashup of... Uh, uh, this collaboration of work went both ways, where Dante actually appeared in Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne as a demon that the main character could persuade to join his side. So you could actually put Dante in your party, um, which it, to my middle school slash high school brain was uh, amazing. I loved the character of Dante. I do love the character of Dante. I, I think his campiness and his attitude, his cockiness are great. And then having that capability in a Japanese RPG, which at the time was my absolute favorite genre, I I couldn't have been happier. So, But overall, that is the, the, the gist of the development of the game. And the reception, pay, I mean, all this paid off. Uh, people were very happy with Dante's Awakening. It released on PS2 first on, uh, on March 1st of 2005 to major critical uh, praise. The game sits at an aggregated score of 84 Metacritic, which is good. It is praised for its fighting system, which is style-based, as well as the camera and controls. Uh, despite upping the difficulty outside of Japan, like I said, many found it too hard and the game is considered one of the hardest games to beat. Um, according to VG uh, Charts, which is a site I like to use for numbers, the game sold over 2.09 million copies worldwide on the PS2. So for the next 30 seconds, I'm going to dive into some statistics. You have been warned about math. Uh, nearly a million copies were sold in the U.S. to equate to 47.3% of the total sales. Uh, Europeans bought nearly 0.63 uh, million copies, which is 30% of the total sales. Japaners is responsible for nearly half of that at 0.29 million copies sold. That's 13.8%. And the rest of the world uh, cleans up at one, or 0.19 million, which is 9% of the total sales. Uh, 2.09 million is pretty damn good, especially considering from a franchise that is on the recovery, trying to come back. Uh, interestingly enough, the special edition of the game, which released a year later, not two, my bad, uh, sold more units than the original, totaling at 2.21 million copies sold worldwide on the PS2. So for total sales for this game, if you include the special edition, that is 4.3 million. That is a nice chunk of chains. Personally, I don't know if you can tell by how much I've been just delivering praise on this game. I love uh, Devil May Cry 3. Dante's awakening, learning about Dante was interesting. The various characters were great. Um, the overarching storyline is probably one of the strongest in the Devil May Cry franchise, aside from, again, Ninja Theories is very good. They, they took a lot out of this game, which explains a lot of why I enjoy it so much. 
Um, but just the overall combat, coming back to clean up for more, going through the ending credits and trying to defeat 100 enemies with the best combos that you had so you could fight one last boss in the middle of the credits. Uh, all of this style that dripped from the game, and it just made you want more, more, more. Uh, again, when I was around the time of this release, uh, and even before with the first Devil May Cry, I was not an action gamer. I I grew up with a, a stepmother who loved Zelda and uh, Final Fantasy, and I grew up with a best friend who loved Final Fantasy, and I played Pokemon. So I really leaned in on the uh, Japanese RPGs quite a bit. I apologize for the noise in the background. There's a bus dropping children off. Um, but anyways, really leaned towards these, uh, these Japanese RPGs, and one night, uh, an old middle school friend of mine invited me over, showed me off his PS2, he's got this game room, and on it, he's playing the original Devil May Cry, and it's the first time he comes and fights the Phantom, which is this giant lava spider, and I asked him, you know, I want to try it out, and died over and over again, that the game was so hard, it asked me if I wanted to play on easy, um, but getting through and fighting it, I was like, this this is something I could actually get into. And I think uh, Devil May Cry 3 was just something that really reached out to me at the time. I'm, a, uh, again, a big fan of these types of games. Now that they're coming out more and more, Nier Automata just came out. I got to try that. Um, the, they're less hack and slash and more stylized uh, arcade beat-em-up, I would say. There, it's not just about spamming a button. You can't go in and just expect to win by holding down a button or repeatedly tapping a button. There's skill involved. There's lots of skill involved. Um, and, of course, demons. You can't get around demons. Demons are the greatest. I love, I love weird shit. And Devil May Cry 3 specifically fits in that category. So if you have uh, an old PS2, you can play it. But you can also play it on PS3. I believe they've also ported Xbox 360 and Steam, but don't quote me on that. Uh, if you can't find it anywhere, the next best thing is the Devil May Cry reboot from Ninja Theory. It is called Devil May Cry or DMC. Um, it is available on PS3, Xbox 360, PS4, uh, and Xbox One. So both are great, but... I think Devil May Cry 3, Dante's Awakening wins. Capcom did an amazing job bringing the franchise back. Unfortunately, 4 did not really fix any issues. So, yeah. Uh, that's a, another story for another time. But, anyways, again, you have the platform to go play on. Thanks so much for listening. Feel free to leave me feedback. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, where we can start up a discussion. I am at JesterHead0302. I love talking games. I love talking about pretty much about anything so if you're willing to have a conversation feel free to reach out to me uh you can email me at jesterhead0302 at gmail.com uh that is my personal email that i utilize for this podcast so you can give me feedback give me uh game ideas i typically try to stray away from games i have not played so if i tell you that don't take offense it's not because i don't like the game it's just because i've probably never picked it up uh though i would love some recommendations of games i should pick up and then i could talk about them a little bit more fresh than say devil may cry 3 which i played like three years ago um also feel free to leave feedback on the blog or the soundcloud wherever you have listened and uh please be good to each other don't fight you know where there's all kinds of activity going on in the world i don't need to rant that's the end of the podcast thanks again for listening and tune in for the next episode which i believe i have ready and will probably go back to my love of japanese rpgs i'm out have a good night